Christ on the back of your bulletin. We're looking at three scriptures today. Some of you are probably saying, oh my, we'll be here forever. Well, we'll try not to. We're going to look at three passages today. It's a new year. There's something good about a new year. There's something fresh about a new year. There's something exciting about a new year. And, and part of that is because, well, the things that happened last year really weren't that good. I mean, there were probably some good things that happened to us last year, but but we really think about the bad things. We remember the bad things. Oh, well, my health wasn't good, and I was having trouble with my job, or I was having trouble with this, or this was a difficult part of my life. And there's something about just flipping that page of that calendar when really it's nothing. I mean, December 31st, in many ways, is no different than January the 1st. But, but in our mind, at least, there's something about flipping that calendar. There's something that that helps us to look ahead. We say, okay, well, last year with its troubles, whatever they may have been, they are, they are on the backside of my calendar now. But this is a new year. And so it kind of, it kind of renews our minds, and it, and, it, and it gets us excited. Okay, man, these bad things are in the past, and, and I'm going to do better in these ways, and we make our New Year's resolutions, some of which perhaps we hold to and others fall by the wayside very quickly. But, but we start out on a good note. We start out on a fresh mind. We start out wanting to do good. We start out, we want the new year to be better than the old year. And so perhaps there are some changes that need to occur in our life. After all, we, we, we look at our lives and our lives occur the way they do. And it, and it is in very much part to some of the decisions that we made and continue to make, and so maybe we need to change some of our habits. If we're not happy with the results we've been seeing in our life, if we're not happy with the way things turned out in 2024, maybe some of it, or excuse me, 2023, maybe some of it was beyond our control, but then again, maybe some of it was within our control. Maybe there are some things that we need to change in our life, some different decisions that we need to make. Maybe some of us need to work a little harder in 2024 than we did in 2023. Maybe some of you need to work a little less. Maybe some of you need to take a little time off and take a break. Maybe some of you need to get up earlier. Maybe we need to get the day started earlier and, and get, get going. Maybe some of you need to sleep a little later. Maybe you need to rest a little bit. Maybe you need to eat a little healthier. Maybe you hadn't been eating good. Maybe you hadn't been taking care of yourself. You hadn't been exercising. Maybe it's time you start taking a little bit better care of yourself. Maybe some of you need to indulge a little bit. Maybe some of you don't ever eat the chocolate cake. Maybe in 2024, every once in a while, you need to eat the chocolate cake. There may be that some changes need to occur. And some of you say, well, I like those options you just gave me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work less. I'm going to sleep later, and I'm going to eat more junk. Well, hold up. Maybe you need to pick some of those things. Maybe you don't need to pick all of those things. Or maybe your 2024 will be worse than your 2023. But there may be some things that need to change in our life. There may be some areas we're doing bad, we need to do better, and some areas where we need to enjoy life a little bit. But today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to present you with three questions. Now, I can't tell you how things are going to turn out in 2024. I don't know what any of us have in store for the year that is to come. I hope it's a good year. But I can just about guarantee you it's going to be a tough year. There's going to be some health issues you're going to experience this year. You're going to lose somebody that's close to you this year. 
There's going to be some bad days at work for you this year. Might be some difficulties at church. It's a pretty safe bet to say that these things are true because they were last year and the year before that and the year before that. Life is full of good days and it's full of some bad days. But but we want to make it through 2024 and we want to and we want to make sure that we are seeking God. And so there are three questions that we are going to talk about today. And you can ask yourself these questions and think about them today and think about them when you leave throughout the rest of the week because the answers that we give to these questions may very well determine how our year is going to turn out. The answer that we give to these questions will say a lot about some of the things that may happen in our life. Let's pray. Then we're going to look at these three texts. We'll talk a little bit. Let's pray. <clears throat> we thank you, dear Lord, for your good word. I pray that you'd be with us today. I pray that we would seek you first and foremost in everything that we do in 2024. Dear Lord, that's a good place for us to start. Maybe we did not start there in 2023, but maybe today is the day, dear Lord. Maybe this year we want to get started on a better note, and there is no better note to start on than Jesus, dear Lord. May Jesus be the song of our life this year. God, I pray that you would help us to see these few little scriptures we're going to look at today and help us to reflect on our own life and to make sure that we're seeking you and trusting you and living for you in all that we do. I pray that you'd hide me behind the cross, that you'd protect me, dear Lord, that you'd take away any pride, any fear I have today, that your Holy Spirit would speak to us, each one today. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. <clears throat> Exodus chapter... 33, verse 15. Exodus chapter 33, verse 15. If you don't want to flip through these, they're in your Bible. We're only looking at a small little smidgen of each of these passages. I encourage you to go back and study them this week. They're good. We'll talk a little bit about the context, but we're kind of just kind of getting to the core of, of kind of some main things that we're going to talk about today. And the first one is going to come from Exodus chapter 33, verse 15. Now, here is Moses, and God has been with him, and God has used Moses to deliver his people out of slavery, and soon they will be on their way to the promised land. But, but between where God's people were and, and, and where they were going to be and all that God was calling them to and all that God was going to do through them and how God was going to use Moses, Moses said this in Exodus chapter 33, verse 15. If your presence does not go, Moses responded to him, don't make us go up from here. Now, God had sent Moses on his way. He had sent the people on their way. But what did Moses do before he did anything? If you look back in this passage, Moses says, look, God, you've said that this is what we need to do, but who are you going to send with us, God? Who are you going to send with us? And God says, well, I'm going to go with you. I'll go with you. Wherever I send you, I will go with you. And what did Moses say? He says, if your presence does not go, do not make us go up from here. That is, God, if you are not with us, if you are not leading us, if you're not going to be with me every step of the way, then God, I'm not going an inch if I don't know this is where you're sending me and I don't know that you're going to be with me every step of the journey. And that's the first question we need to ask ourselves this morning. Are you going with God in 2024? Are you waiting on God today? 
Are you saying, God, I am not making a decision this year. I'm not doing a single thing. I'm not doing nothing, God, unless I know that I know that I know this is what this is what you've called me to. Unless I know without a shadow of a doubt, God, that you are with me and that you're calling me here and that you're sending me there and this, this is what you want me to do. And God, I'm not going alone. I'm not going to do this by myself. I'm not going to make my own choices. And this is how we need to start our year, by going with God. By saying, God, okay, here's the year. Where are you going to lead me this year? How are you going to use me this year? But here's the problem. Here's where we mess up a lot. Where we mess up a lot is we decide what we're going to do to start the new year. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to go on my way. And then we get to where we want to be to do what we want to do, and we ain't asked God a single thing about a decision we've made or a single thing we've done. And then we say, well, come on, God, I'm leading the way. You come with me. Well, that ain't the way it works. Sometimes that's the way we want it to work. We want to lead the way and we want to blaze the trail and then we want to say, okay, God, I've made the decision for what I want to do and where I want to go and what I want to be. God, are you coming or not? And sometimes God doesn't come because we go where God doesn't want us to go and we make decisions that God doesn't want us to make and God doesn't bless those decisions. And maybe today before we take a step and say, this is what my plans are for 2024, this is what I'm going to do, maybe today you need to hit your knees and say, God, what do you want me to do in 2024? God, how do you want to use me? Should I make this decision about my life? Should I take this job opportunity? Should I do this thing that's before me, this thing that seems good to me? God, are you leading me in this way? God, are you the one that's calling me to this? Because God, if you are not with me, God, if this is not where you want me to go, God, if you are not going, then I ain't going. But too many times God says, I ain't going, and we say, well, see you later, God, because I'm going. And we go on about our own thing, doing what we want to do, and then we say a little bit later, hey, God, could you come help me? Need a little help here. We get ourselves in trouble because we don't go where God leads us. We go where we want to go and expect God to follow us. And that's not the way that it works. We don't want to be those who are leading the way. We are not those who are leading the way. God is the one who leads the way. So the question you must answer today is, are you going with God in 2024? Are you waiting on him? Are you listening to him? Are you following what he's calling you to do? Are you letting him Guide your life and the decisions you make? If the answer is no, then praise the Lord. If we know that that's the answer of our life, then we need to take a step back and say, okay, God, I got my cart ahead of my horse. God, I'm coming back to where you are. And God, I'm not going anywhere. If you do not go, God, I'm not going with you. That's what Moses said here. And God says, all right, I'm going. This is where I'm sending you. I'm going, and I'm going to be with you. Second question you can, you can answer this this year to start out the new year are you counting the cost are you counting the cost everything in this world everything in this world has a cost there is no such thing as free you'll see free stuff everything this is free that's free do this buy this we'll send you a free that come down here and get this nothing is free everything costs you something 
And so my question to you to consider this morning is, are you counting the cost? Now, Jesus addresses this very idea in Luke chapter 14, verse 28. He says, For which of you wanting to build a tower doesn't first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Now, this verse in and of itself is just practical, good, simple advice. We understand that everything has a cost, and Jesus is saying, if you're going to build something, you need to make sure you got enough money to do it. If you're going to build something, you know that it's going to cost X amount of materials and time, and you better make sure that you've got enough to do it or don't start. It'd be pretty foolish to start something not having calculated the cost and not be able to finish it. Now, Jesus, as you continue to read in the context of this passage, is talking about the cost of discipleship, the cost of following God, the cost of following Jesus, the cost of living for Jesus. It's difficult. It's difficult. It's hard for us to do what the Word of God says. Oh, it's easy to live in sin, but God's Word calls us to a higher standard, a perfect standard, a godly standard, a godly way of living that is difficult. And sometimes when we take a stand for God, it is hard in our life. Now, praise the Lord for most of us sitting on these pews, we may have never experienced any serious persecution for our faith before. Now, we can stand here today. I can stand here and I can preach to you the Word of God and I can tell you about Jesus Christ. And I have no fear whatsoever about standing here and telling you about the truth of the gospel today. But there are many brothers and sisters in Christ in the world today and they have made that decision to follow Jesus Christ and they don't live in a place as blessed as we do. And the very decision to follow Jesus Christ puts their life in jeopardy. The very fact if they were to dare pull out a Bible and begin to open it, if they were caught with the pages of God's Word in their presence, it is their life. There are brothers and sisters in Christ in this world every day that are being killed for reading the Word of God, for teaching the Word of God, for praying to God that we see in Scripture. And these are brothers and sisters in Christ that have counted the cost. When we live for the Lord, it is not always easy. Now, praise the Lord, we don't face that type of persecution, but perhaps there are times that God calls us to do things that are far out of our comfort zone. He calls us to go places and serve in places and to serve people, and I ain't talking about across the pond. I'm talking about even close sometimes. Some of the things that God calls us to, they cost. Sometimes the things that God calls us to, they cost us our very money. Sometimes the thing that God may want to use us to do may call us to reach a little deeper in our pocket. And it may cost some of what we have worked for, that we are saving for something we want. And it may cost very much physically something that we have of our own. Perhaps today we need to count the cost. And maybe, just maybe there are some things that God's calling us to that we need to pay for, quite frankly, out of our own pocket. Sometimes that's the cost that needs to be counted. Sometimes the things that God calls us to cost us our time. We're tired. We've been working. We've been doing this. We got something to go to here, something to go to there. And now all of a sudden this ministry opportunity comes up and I don't want to go there. 
Because it'll cost me my rest. It'll cost me my relaxation. It'll cost me my time. And so how many times does God put something before us and we count the cost and we decide that it's not worth the cost? Shame on us. God calls us to go somewhere. He calls us to minister to a certain people and say, I don't want to go there. Those people are kind of crazy. They might be stinky and dirty. What? I don't know what they might do to me. I can't trust them. And we've considered that the cost of loving somebody and serving them and ministering to them, the very one that God has put into our path, we determined that it costs too much. We determined that it costs too much for us to take our own time and our own money and be inconvenienced in any way, and yet we'd be the first ones to say that if my life was on the line for Jesus, I'd die for him. Well, are you sure about that? If you don't want to live for him, then chances are you may not be ready to die for him. And so we need to know that Jesus says, look, to serve me, it's going to cost. It may cost your money. It may cost your time. It may cost your comfort. It may even cost your very life. But Jesus says, it is worth it. So count the cost. Sometimes we count the cost and we say, even though we count the cost and we know that it's going to be expensive, it is worth it. But perhaps we need to flip our mindset here for a second. Perhaps we need to start counting the cost of the choices that we make. Not necessarily the things that God are calling us to, but the sins that we commit in our life. Oh, those sins that pop up in our life, and oftentimes we jump right into them and never stop for one second to count the cost as to how bad this decision may be and how much it may cost me. And that's the problem, see, because sin looks so good. We see sin, and it is so beautiful, and it is so appetizing. We don't stop for a second to see what it's going to cost us. And then all of a sudden, the bill comes due. I'll tell you a story. Back in 2019, Michelle and I, we went to Asheville, North Carolina. What a beautiful place. And we had been downtown. The sun was beginning to set. It was beautiful. And we, and we stopped at a little cafe called Tupelo Honey. And we sit outside. And as the sun began to set and it began to be the, the brisk, cool air, and we ate a, a fantastic meal. And we began to walk downtown of Asheville. And we, we came across this old building called French Broad Chocolate Lounge. Oh, that sounds pretty good to me because I like chocolate. So we go inside this old building. You could tell that they had kind of restored it, but it was still pretty old. And, and this place, the French Broad Chocolate Lounge, sold cakes, lots of cakes. They had cakes, but I'm talking about big cakes, pretty cakes. And I walked in that door and I saw those cakes and I said to myself, today is the day. Good day for me. Good day. So I get, I see, and I, I don't need nothing special, chocolate. You give me chocolate with chocolate inside and chocolate outside with more chocolate sprinkled around, and that's the one I want. I want the chocolate cake. Give me the chocolate cake. And Michelle ordered her cake, and we got ice cream because it's vacation. <laughs> and we got a big cake, and I got, guess what flavor ice cream? Chocolate ice cream. And we got up there to that counter, and that woman said to me, that'll be 48.76. <laughs> And I said to myself, 
$48.76 for two pieces of cake and a couple of scoops of ice cream because I ain't looked at the menu and the price. I didn't count the cost because what was before me was so beautiful, I didn't even think about it. And next thing you know, I'm neck deep in chocolate cake, $48 in, and I'm thinking, holy smokes, this was expensive. <laughs> and you know what? Sin does the same thing to us. Boy, we going out, life's good. We strolling around, everything is perfect, and we see something that is so beautiful that we love. And we don't look up at the price tag. Just say, give it to me. Give it to me. But then all of a sudden the bill comes due. And when it comes to our sin, sometimes the bill is far higher than we expected. Are you counting the cost this year? Because every choice you make is going to cost you. And you may consider the cost to be worth it. Sometimes we count the cost and it's worth it. You see a child in the middle of the road and there's a car that's careening down the road and it's about to hit this child and you know for a second, wait a minute, I think I can reach out there and jump and push that child out of the way, but I don't know if I can get out of the way. I can save them, but it might cost me. And you don't have to think but a split second. You count that cost, you tally it up, say, worth the cost. You jump out there, you push the kid away, you might not make it, you may. It doesn't matter. You've counted the cost. You know that it's more important to save someone else than yourself. There's decisions in life where we count the cost, and the cost is high, and we come back and say, it is worth that cost. I'll pay it every time. But what about our sins? What about that sin that you commit? How much is it costing you? How much is it costing your family? How much is it costing your friends? That decision that you make, that thing you do, it doesn't just affect you. And it may affect you, and it may affect you greatly, but it may cost you more than you have ever imagined, more than you could ever consider. So maybe, just maybe this year, before you make a decision, maybe you need to stop for just a second and say, am I counting the cost? There's nothing wrong with us taking a second to count the cost. And you may calculate and say, worth it, so be it. But then again, you may calculate and say, wait a minute, there's still some bills I can't pay. There's still some debts that I owe. There's still some costs that I spent last year, and I'm still paying the price for these things today. There are things that we paid the price for 20 years ago. We didn't consider the cost, and we're still paying the price today. Well, praise the Lord through Jesus Christ. He can wipe away those old debts. But wouldn't it be great if we just considered the cost and counted them today? Second question we can ask ourselves, am I counting the cost this year? One more question we can ask ourselves, and that is, are you serving or are you being served? Mark chapter 10, verse 45 For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Oh, what a beautiful example. We see time and time again of Jesus Christ in the pages of Scripture. And what a powerful passage for us to consider today. That Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many.
That's our example today. That's what we are called to do. We are called by God as His servant to serve Him and to serve His kingdom and to serve His work, to serve His Son, Jesus Christ, just as Jesus came and gave all for us. Are we giving all for Him today? Are you serving others in your life today? Or are you being served? That's pretty easy for us to answer that question. You, you pretty much know. You pretty much know whether or not you're, you're trying to help other people or not. We become selfish, though. That's the, that's the thing, is we often become selfish. We become selfish sometimes, oh, in our lives in a variety of ways, maybe in our, in our marriages, maybe in our churches, maybe in our jobs, and, and we begin to become a little selfish, and we begin to become focused on ourselves and our desires and our wants and our needs and how everything around us is going to serve us. But maybe in 2024, we need to reshift our focus. Maybe in 2024, we need to say, okay, God, how can I serve you this year? How can I serve other people this year? We need to remember when we come into this place, we come here to serve God. We come here to worship Him. We come here to praise Him. We come here to hear His words, hopefully so that we hear His word and His spirit works in us so that we can go out into the world and that we can do His work. And so we need to make sure that when we, when we say we come to church on Sunday, that, it, that, that, that first and foremost we are coming for God. Now, we come for ourselves in some way, shape, and form, certainly. We come, it's good for us to come and see brothers and sisters in Christ and to love one another and to hug one another. And it's good for us to come and see the Word of God and listen to the Word of God and sing praises to God. And so in some way we come for ourselves, but we never want to fall into the traps of coming just for ourselves. And you can do that. We can fall into that trap, uh, that trap of, well, well, what is the church doing for me? Well, the church doesn't exist to serve us. The church exists so that we can praise God and serve Him. And too many times people look at a church as, as, as what can the church do for me? What is the church doing for me? We need to come into church with a heart and a mindset of saying, okay, God, how can I serve you? How can we as brothers and sisters in Christ come together to be about and to do your work? In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul addresses an issue where the people in the church were coming together and he says, oh, it's not for your good. You're coming together. You're the body of Christ. But when you're coming together, he said all they were doing was eating and drinking and getting drunk. And he said some was just gouging themselves and eating and drinking and all was well. And others were going hungry and none of them were taking a time to focus on the Lord. Now, this should have been a time where they were coming together as brothers and sisters in Christ and rejoicing in God and breaking the, the, the bread and drinking the wine in remembrance of God and partaking of this Lord's Supper and praising God and taking care of those in that community and that body who didn't have, who were in need. But instead, when they came together, they weren't breaking bread in remembrance of Jesus Christ. Instead, they were getting fat and they were getting drunk and there were some in need and those needs were not even getting met. That's a group of people who were not coming to church to serve God or to serve others. They were coming to serve themselves. And Paul says, I'm not talking good about you for this. We want to make sure that we are those that when we come, we come first and foremost 
as servants of God. That we don't come saying, God, what can you do for me? But God, what can I do for you? God, how can we come together for you? How can we read your word and listen to your word? God, how can we help those in our community that are in need? Maybe we just need to open our eyes sometimes. Maybe right here in this very church, there's someone now that if you would just think for a second, you think, you know what? I can serve them in some way. They need some help in some way. Maybe I can take them a meal. Maybe I can go get them some firewood. Maybe I can drive them to the doctor. Whatever it may be, there may be ways that even in this body that we can serve God and we can serve one another. And let us strive in every way to be like Jesus that we would consider others as more important than ourselves. That we would look at the needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ, not just in this building, but outside of this building, and those who are not even our brothers and sisters in Christ, those who are struggling and have a need and don't even know what they need. We know what they need. They need God and the love of God. And if we don't bring it to them, who will? Too many times we wait on everybody else to do what needs to be done. But maybe in 2024, it's time for you to do it. Maybe it's time for us to be the ones who serve where there are need. Maybe today we simply need to pray, God, help me to see those areas. I don't know where they are, but God, I want to serve. So God, help me to be one who doesn't just sit around and wait for others to serve us. God has already served us by giving his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross so that we could be forgiven of our sins. Praise God. God doesn't owe us anything, but yet he is still good to us and gracious to us and blesses us and allows us to come together as a, as a body of Christ and praise God that we can. But when we come together, let us come saying, God, we are here to serve you. We are here to serve one another. We are here to serve this world and to build your kingdom. So are you serving today or are you being served? Now, I don't know what the answer to any of these questions are for you this morning. Only you can answer these questions. And perhaps throughout the year, you'll continue to ask yourself these questions. And maybe sometimes you'll give the right answer and maybe sometimes your answer will not be the right answer. But I believe that if we, if we start this year off and we say, God, I'm waiting on you, if we start this year off and say, God, I'm going to count the cost. If we start this year off and say, God, I want to be one who serves you. We'll be in a lot better place. Are you waiting on God this morning? Are you counting the cost? And are you serving others? If we're not, we need to. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for these good words. I thank you that we have the freedom to come in here today and to look at your words and to just hear from you, God. I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us, to each one of us this morning. God, these are but three questions, and I suspect we could come up with a hundred more if we had a few more minutes. But dear Lord, maybe these are just a good place for us to start today. God, maybe there are some in here and they have not been waiting on you. God, maybe we have been running headstrong into our own dreams and hopes and desires. And maybe today, we have not stopped for one second to say, God, is this what you want? So God, if there are some in here today that have, that have, that have run headfirst into the world, I pray that we'd pump the brakes. That maybe today for the first time we say, God, what do you want? God, where do you want me to go? God, wherever you're going to be with us, that's where we want to be. And God, you're going to be with us when we are with you and following the path you've set before us. 
God, maybe there are some today and they have not been counting the cost. Maybe today we just need to count them. God, the greatest cost there was was when you gave your son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us. And dear Lord, we thank you that Jesus was willing to pay the price. That to Jesus that cost seemed worth it, dear Lord, so that we could be forgiven today. God, maybe there are some of us in this room and we hadn't counted the cost and we've paid the price. I pray, dear Lord, that we'd seek you and that you'd forgive us, dear Lord. I pray that moving forward, we begin to count the cost in our life, God, to see what's worth it and to see what's not. God, maybe we've been kind of selfish. Maybe we've been not so much worried about serving others, more concerned about what others are going to do for us. But dear Lord, I pray that you'd break our heart of that today if that's the case. Let us not be those who seek what others can do for us, but God, let us be those who seek what we can do for others. God, give us opportunities in our lives as individuals, as a church. Open our eyes and open our hearts to see areas that we can serve and give us a heart to serve. God, it is not always going to be easy. There are days that it might cost us something, dear Lord. But let us know that anytime we are in service to you, God, it is worth the cost. God, I pray that you just bless these people as they enter into this new year. I pray that you'd keep us safe and keep us healthy. I pray that you would help us to be about your work, to seek you, to focus on you, dear Lord. To not be discouraged by all the things of the world, God, but to continue to find hope in you and hope in Jesus Christ. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.